Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of Acts today. We are um, going to be, we're still in um, chapter 8. We just got through seeing the Holy Spirit working, leading people um, through Philip. Philip was not an apostle. He was kind of a Greek-speaking Jew. And um, we see... um, uh, what he does uh, all around, and, and uh, people are noticing, and this uh, magician named Simon um, uh, professed faith in Christ, but uh, wanted to pay for it, wanted to pay for the power that came with it. And so um, um, Philip rebukes him. We never know if he was, you know, his heart changed or not. So we are now taken to um, another uh, aspect of Philip's life. Uh, An angel of the Lord, this is verse 26, says to Philip, Arise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, Gaza was a place, uh, my study Bible says it's kind of the last watering hole it's the last stop before you're heading to down to Ethiopia. So it would be a place to go to the bathroom and catch up on some food uh, before you're heading out. You know, it's a watering stop. So he goes down to Gaza. Um, he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, uh, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. Now, a eunuch could have meant... Um, someone, a male person who was emasculated, can't have kids, um, or that word, my study Bible says, could be uh, another a title for a treasurer or a trusted royal servant. So there's several uh, ways you could go with that. But in any event, um, he goes um, and... Um, He sees this uh, Ethiopian eunuch, 
uh, who was apparently just coming out of Jerusalem. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And worship, my study Bible says, he was probably a God-fearing person. He would he was a Gentile who was worshiping Israel's God. He had probably not become a full convert yet because he didn't know what he was doing. He would have been barred from the inner, inner courts of the temple, you know, because he was not a Jew. Which makes him reading this prophet of Isaiah especially significant. Okay, so it's like he didn't belong there. They probably the, the Jews would have probably rejected him, but he's got a you know a scroll of Isaiah, you know, a copy of it, and uh, so. And it's interesting. My study Bible says that in Isaiah chapter fifty-six, verses three through five, there's a promise in Isaiah that God would grant the devout eunuchs, a heritage better than sons and daughters. So he probably would have been drawn to this book. He was reading it, and he was probably really, really interested. It was like the perfect thing for him to be reading. So the Holy Spirit is moving in this man's heart to read, and he's moving in Philip's heart to bring Philip, to bring him there specifically to answer questions to this guy. So... The guy had come to Jerusalem to worship, verse 28, and he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. So he, you know, and my study Bible also says that it was custom for, at this time, for people when they read, they would read out loud. So Philip's standing on the side of the road like a hitchhiker. He knows what the guy's reading because he can hear him read it. And so he was reading the prophet Isaiah, verse 29, and the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and asked him, Do you understand what you're reading? Okay, so Holy Spirit is leading this whole thing. And as McGee says, it takes a man of God to use the Word of God, so the Spirit of God can show him who the Son of God is. And uh, you can't do anything without the Spirit. And McGee makes the point, like, you can hear a great song being sung by the choir. You can see a great movie. You can read a good book. You can even read Scripture. But until the Spirit of God comes upon you, that doesn't save you. Nothing saves you until the Spirit of God works in you. You got a guy here who's been worshiping, but that didn't save him. You got a guy here who's reading the Word of God, but that doesn't save him. It takes the Spirit of God. It takes the Spirit of God. So, Spirit says, go over and join this chariot. So, Philip ran to him, heard him reading Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading? Verse 31, he said, how can I unless someone guides me? This is a guy who's being led by the Spirit. This is like a perfect. A, he's questioning. He wants to learn more. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Verse 32, now the passage of the, of the scripture that he was reading was this. He's reading in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 7 through 8. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation, for his life is taken away from the earth. Okay, so it is a perfect reading. Um, 
My study Bible says a more appropriate passage could not have been chosen as a witness to Christ because it's attesting to the Holy Spirit's leading and it cites the injustice done to Jesus. And it was probably the injustice that was, it sort of reflects the most recent injustice that was done to Stephen. These guys probably knew that because they were there worshiping. And they probably heard about Stephen's stoning. Verse 34, And the eunuch says to Philip, About whom I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Like, who's he talking about? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So you can't plan a better thing. This was led, being led by the Spirit. The exact passages, a man of God being used, using the Word of God through the Spirit of God, talking about the Son of God. And the Spirit leads him to the last bit of water at Gaza before the, the long road um, to Ethiopia. Okay? So, um, there you go. So, um, and he baptized him. Verse 39, And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. I mean, the Ethiopian probably sees a miracle. The Spirit takes him. The Spirit had delivered Philip for the Ethiopian. He had produced Philip right then and there for him. But Philip found himself at Azotus, which is a little bit north of Gaza. And uh, it's another city along the Mediterranean coastline. And uh, that's where he is. And as he passed through uh, this area, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. So as he goes along this coastline area, um, he goes up to Caesarea, which is a, a, a Roman area. It was like a Roman port city. And um, my study Bible says that um, he seemed to have settled uh, in Caesarea. Uh, it was a large city, you know, Greek-speaking population. It was rebuilt by Herod the Great in a magnificent kind of Hellenistic style, a Greek style with a greatly improved harbor. It was the seat of the Roman government in Judea. So, you know, it was a sort of the Roman, sort of the pseudo-capital uh, of, of Rome or the center of authority in this area. So that's where he settled. And um, now in chapter 9, the, the story line now sort of shifts a little bit. Like, meanwhile, Saul... You know, fresh after, you know, stoning Stephen. So we're sort of seeing what the Holy Spirit is doing with Philip, but now we're back to Saul. 
uh, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Verse 2, and ask him, this is chapter 9, ask him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus. Now, Damascus was, remember, you got Jerusalem and Judea, and then a little bit above that, you got Samaria. A little bit above that, you got Galilee. And above that, you got Damascus, this town of Damascus, which was sort of the last stop when you're going um, east into Arabia. Okay, so he's writing for letters to synagogues up in Damascus because these are letters of extradition. That means if he finds any believers up there, to the you know, he's going to go to these Jewish synagogues and say, "Hey, let me help you get rid of these Christian people," and I'm sure they're going to love turning over these crazy Christians to me, and I'm going to bring them back down to Jerusalem. We're going to put them to death down here. So these are letters of extradition to the synagogues up at Damascus. Okay, so this is like bordering Syria at this point. So if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And the way was sort of like a reference to being a Christian, early Christians. And remember John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So the way could refer to sort of the road or the highway or the way of life or what Jesus is referring to himself as the way, the only way to get to the God the Father. So it's kind of got all these meanings, but that was a reference to early Christian disciples of Christ. So or early followers of Christ. So he went on his way. As he went on his way, he approached Damascus. So he's, this is like, my study Bible says, it's like, um, like 135 miles or so north of Jerusalem. A six-day journey if you're walking. Um, the modern city of Damascus still today stands on top of the ancient city of Damascus. And there's a street called Straight, and you can, still, you can still see this street called Straight, even today. Okay, so, when he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and as he's getting there, suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise... And enter the city, and you will be told what to do. Boom! And the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul, but, and my study Bible says that they, you know, were hearing the voice, but they didn't understand the voice. They heard it, but they, it didn't make sense to them. They weren't sure. They, they heard the voice, but saw no one. And uh, in his later testimony to the Jews, Paul spoke of them seeing the light but not understanding the voice. This was in chapter 22, verse 9. They had no vision of Jesus, nor did they hear the message to Saul, but they could testify to a brilliant light and a sound, which pointed to an objective event that was not a matter of Saul's imagination. So they could. the only thing they could say was he's not making this stuff up. 
But it was Saul only that got the message. Saul, verse 8, rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they had to lead him by hand and brought him to Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. This was a testimony to this powerful conversion, this intensity of the encounter with Christ. And it left him just like it was with Zechariah, sort of when Zechariah was deaf and mute, it gave him a time of reflection, Saul, and testified. Um, and my study Bible says this several times, that Saul testifies that he actually saw the risen Christ on this occasion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 8, uh, and also in Galatians chapter 1, verse 16, and Acts chapter 9, verses 27, Paul says, I saw Christ. I saw the Lord. So, if he saw the risen Christ, if he saw His glory, that's His light, that's His glory, but it was too much for the human eye to hold on to. He was blinded. Verse 10, Now there was a disciple at Damascus, meanwhile, named Ananias. Now this is not the same Ananias that got that died with his wife Sapphira. This is Ananias, another Ananias. He's up in Damascus. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And that response, my study Bible says, is like the same responses of people in the Old Testament. Like Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, Isaiah. These are people that just said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. He's telling him directions. And at the house of Judas, this is a different Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. Now, that's Saul's hometown, is Saul of Tarsus. And remember, we had the prophet Jonah going to Tarsus to try to do some witnessing there, remember? So, a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So, the Holy Spirit is at work again. And the Lord said to him in a vision. This is Jesus himself. Now, can you imagine Ananias? The last person Ananias wants to talk to is Saul. Saul's coming to Damascus with extradition papers to bring, you know, God-fearing Jews, I mean, um, Christ followers, Jews, back to Jerusalem to put them on trial and put them to death. Ananias is going like, well, he, he's, he's going to know I'm a follower of Jesus. You want me to go tell him about Jesus? You know, it's like a death sentence for me. And he's not really giving him the whole lowdown. He's not telling him, you know, he's just telling him right now, I need you 
to go lay hands on him so that he can regain his sight. The Lord is giving him just what he needs to know and do. And he's giving him this task. Get up and go. I need you to go do this now. Isn't it amazing? <clears throat> this is such a, a picture of faith in action. And if we could only hear the Lord tell us what to do and we could do it. And half the time we ask questions or say qualifying statements. Can I do it You know, next week? I'm, I'm busy. I got bills to pay right now. Or uh, let me send somebody out. Let me write a letter. Let me send, you know, because I'm not sure you really want me to go and do this because Saul is here, obviously, to kill Christians. Nope. He just says do it. Trust me with the outcome. We're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this message today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. And keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time. And as always, our prayers go out for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. God bless you all. We'll see you here next time. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 27, all the way through to Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through to verse 12. So we come to where Philip has been called by the Spirit of God. He's being led by the Spirit of God in Samaria to go south into Gezer, a desert. And when he went there, um, he didn't find anyone because it was a desert but he met um, an Ethiopian eunuch so scripture reads verse 27 so he arose and went and behold a man of Ethiopia a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians who was who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship Verse 28, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. So we have here the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, which is, a you know, the son of Ham. That's the Ethiopian eunuch. And in chapter 9, we're going to see the conversion of Saul of Tarsus, a son of Sham. And in chapter 10, we will have the conversion of Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a son of Japheth. So in a conversion, there are three factors that are brought into focus before there can be a conversion, an actual conversion. And all three are represented in these conversions that I've talked about. And we're going to see it here in um, our study today. So first, the Holy Spirit must lead. So we, we have to talk to the Lord before we can actually talk to an individual about the Lord. And, you know, we have to get the leading of the Lord. So we have, um, we have it here in the conversion of this Ethiopian eunuch. So the Spirit of God led Philip down to Gezer from Samaria. So Philip 
you know, he was led. He was, he heard the spirit of God. He was led to go down to Gaza. And then uh, one must have the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So here um, in that chariot where the eunuch was, there was the word of God already. So the Holy Spirit will always take um, the things of Christ and reveal them unto us. So when the Spirit of God, you know, like um, when, sorry, when the man of God actually takes the word of God um, and it's here directed by the Spirit of God that comes into existence, the Son of God, one that is born again. So now we also have the man of God. That's the third factor. So here we have the leading um, of the Holy Spirit, leading the man of God, and then we have the word of God. So the eunuch was, you know, he was a high official. He had a very high position and he was, you know, the secretary to the treasury and to the queen of Ethiopia. And he was... You know, he was not, obviously, he was not traveling alone. He had, like, a company of others, other officials with him. And he was a proselyte. Verse 29 of Acts chapter 8 goes on to read, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip here was like a hitchhiker. So the Holy Spirit is leading Philip here, and it must lead in any conversion. So Philip is the instrument being used here. And the word of God is already in the chariot. So the eunuch is reading it. So there has to be a leading. A lot of us tend to um, say, tend not to be led by the spirit of God. We just, you know, want to go in and say, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to, talk about the word of God to this particular individual but do we have a you know we do it on our own do we have a leading of the Lord hence this is why we don't get like the desired results the results that we actually do it did intend to happen so we ought to talk to God before we actually talk to man verse 30 goes on to read so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said do you understand what you are reading so we have the word of God here and then the spirit of God and the man of God. When you bring all these three things together, you have a conversion. Okay, so verse 31 goes on to read. And he said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. So here, he actually needed help to understand what he was reading. And the Spirit of God had led Philip to him. Scripture goes on to read, verse 32. The place in the scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Verse 33. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So, he is reading from Isaiah 53. So, um, and obviously for him to be reading from Isaiah 53, he had 
read back before he got to this particular part. And let me turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 53, um, which reads, um, Surely he has, I'm just going to read a little bit back. So surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. We yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastment for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the lord has laid his and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all so okay um so the eunuch you know was reading the book of isaiah and um you know he had read um read back verse 34 goes on to read so the eunuch answered philip and said i ask you of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man so you know when the spirit of god leads you know everything just opens up and flaws and this is a good starting point verse 35 goes on to read then philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. So when the Spirit of God is leading, he will take the things of Christ and show them to us. So he will use the word of God. If we turn to first Peter um, chapter one, verse twenty-three to twenty-five, it reads Having been born not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of god which lives and abides forever because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass the grass withers and its flowers fall away but the word of god but the word of the lord endures forever so it's the spirit of god using the word of god to make things real to us through the leading of the spirit by you know a man of god you know the instrument is a man of god that's actually used um to impart the word of god to us verse 36 goes on to read now as they went down the road they came to some water and the eunuch said see here is water what hinders me from being baptized then philip said if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So obviously, you know, between the time Philip started preaching to the eunuch and explaining scripture to him, they had a conversation and then they came across water. So Philip, you know, Philip in this instance has already had an incident with Simon the sorcerer who told him he believed and you know, he was baptized but he wasn't converted and he was not about to actually have a repetition of this so this is why he actually tells him if you believe with all your heart verse 38 goes on to read so he commanded the chariot to stand still and both philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he was baptized and he baptized him now when they came up 
out of the water the spirit of the lord caught philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing so philip here he is snatched off the page of scripture so he is not needed anymore and you know the eunuch rides off the pages of scripture on his way back to where he was from so the first great church was actually in north africa in ethiopia so this eunuch went and you know preached the gospel and uh, the gospel spread verse 40 goes on to read but philip was found at azotus so azotus this is ashdod it's in the Gaza strip so from ashdod philip you know went up to joppa and all the way to caesarea so here it reads and philip was found at azotus and passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to caesarea so the gospel has now gone out to samaria and to, to judea so now we get to chapter 9 and in chapter 9 we have here the conversion of saul of tarsus so the conversion of the ethiopian eunuch was in a chariot and the conversion of saul of tarsus was down in the dust so verse 1 of chapter 9 goes on to read then saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the lord went to the high priests and asked letters from him to the synagogues of damascus so that if he found any who were of the, the way so that he found any who were of the way where whether man, men or women he might bring them bound to jerusalem so saul he hated um the christians and he hated christ and um when the persecution actually broke in jerusalem it's actually scattered the church and they went underground you know the apostles still remained and you have people scattered like you have here um um philip he is he had gone home to samaria verse 3 goes on to read as he journeyed he came near damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven verse 4 then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him saul saul why are you persecuting me verse 5 and he said who are you lord then the lord said i am jesus who whom you are per, whom you are persecuting it is hard for you to kick against the gouts. So Paul will actually recount this incident in his other epistles, like about twice. And Paul was one of, you know, the most brilliant young men um, around. Like he was a young Pharisee, but he actually didn't know Christ. And to know Christ is life. Verse 6 goes on to read. So he trembling and astonished said lord what do you want me to do then the lord said to him arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do so here you know saul was in the dust and we have an immediate conversion here because he's asking what the what he would want what the what he would the lord would want him to do and he's already he's ready to actually do god's bidding now verse 7 goes on to read and the man who journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no one 
So later on, we'll actually find out that they didn't hear a voice. They actually just heard a noise, but they couldn't see anyone nearby. They just heard the noise. Verse 8 goes on to read, Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So he's blinded from the lights that he actually saw. And verse 9 goes on to read, And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So he was puzzled. He was very, he was in a state of confusion. Verse 10 goes on to read, Now there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. Uh, Verse 11, So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. Verse 12, And in a vision he has seen a man called Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. Amazing scripture today. And this is where we're going to end. We're going to explain more um, from where we've ended here about Saul's conversion and Ananias going into Saul to lay his hands on him. So this has been an amazing teaching study. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye. Thank you.